All right, guys, welcome to another episode of Rosen Balls. As the season kind of closes out, we're two weeks away, this final four weekend. But we always talk NBA on Rosen Balls. The biggest story is, you know, again, we talked about in the last pod, it's development time. And some of these teams have no idea, ahem, the Knicks, of how to develop. There's no reason Alec Burks gets 40 minutes. That's insanity. Look at Portland. You're supposed to be playing these no-namers in hopes that something hits. And by the way, they rarely do. So what? So you improve your draft positioning. All right? But, like, it's very hard to rebuild. Ask Chicago, ask Indiana, okay? Ask the Celtics of the 90s. It is very hard to rebuild when you're consistently drafting in the 7 to 12 range. And then the fans and then the front office is like, well, we tried through the draft. No, not really. Not really. You got to look. Okay, you could get good talent, obviously, in 7 through 12 or what have you. But in order to rebuild in the NBA, you got you only do it of two ways. Either you make some you know quick trades and you trade vets for youth and you, you take a shot on the youth and hopefully the youth hits. Okay. Um, times like that, Phoenix. I always make up that crazy trade with the Celtics um, where they got Joe Johnson. And that helped kind of rejuvenate a... Young Phoenix team, a couple years later, they're they're contending with Steve Nash. Or it's through the draft, guys. You know, you got to get a top three, top four pick. You don't have to get the number one pick. But you got to get a couple of good picks. That's how Boston has done it. And you just got to be smart about drafting. You can't just airball, right? So, you know, one of the worst drafting teams in the league that now, and again, they blame the draft. Like, you got to look internal. It's ridiculous. Like, Sacramento. If I'm Sacramento, let's just take a step back. If I'm Sacramento, I'm thinking, like, wow, let's just look at the last couple of drafts. So we we were really bad. We had the number two pick, and Luca went three. That's what I'm focusing on. I'm like, we could have had, if we just did this right, let's continue doing this, because if we just do this correctly and get, like, the obvious guy we're supposed to get, um, there shouldn't be any issues. You know, if we just kind of re, I wouldn't say redo it, but you know, Sacramento's got Luca right now. It's a whole different franchise. Instead of Bagley, who, you know, they they shipped off to Detroit for nothing. So, teams blame themselves, or, or rather blame the draft. Oh, rookies don't pan out. It's not a good process. No, blame your scouting department. Blame, blame that. You could blame it if you keep drafting, you know, top three, top five in, in bad drafts. That's just unlucky, right? Philadelphia and they're taking pursuit, people forget, right? They got like, you know, they had some, they had a couple of bad drafts, like Nerland's Noel, Julia Okafor, right? Um, before hitting on, on obviously, Simmons and Embiid, and you can, you know, we can have another debate whether they hit. But definitely Embiid, maybe not Simmons. So, fine. So, what what's the, what? where does New York go from here, right? So, there's really two things, right? First is, like, the coach and manager just have to be on the same page. I've never seen... Such, uh, well, I have, and the last time I saw it was with Thibodeau in Chicago, but I've never seen coach and management on such different pages, right? It reminds me of the famous Rick Pitino quote when they asked him, how come it didn't succeed in Boston? He said, well, Rick Pitino, the GM, didn't agree with Rick Pitino, the coach, which is why they kept training players. Um, you know, that's definitely the case here in New York. Like, they they gotta have to kind of force Thibodeau's hand, and, and maybe Tibbs isn't afraid of getting fired, and he might not be. Like I think you're looking at if he gets fired, he's the next Laker coach potentially. 
You know, like he's a guy that, you know, for a win now team to, to milk. But the Knicks, they, they're going to draft in the 10 to 12 range, closer to 12 now. I mean, they're going to hope they get Ty Ty Washington, who's not even that good. Right? I, I see this as a four or five player draft. Okay. Now, usually those guys late that could hit, what have you, but like in terms of guys who have all star potential. It's Chet, it's Ivy, it's uh, it's Jabari Smith, okay? And I'm going to put A.J. Griffin in there, right? A.J. Griffin's the guy that could fall a little bit. That's the guy I look at in this draft if I'm a team in the late lotto. If I can move up to get him, because I can see him kind of slope, you know, the knocks on him, You, you gotta. this is how you, you evaluate, right? Like, and again, he might not hit, obviously, but, you know, the knocks on him are like weird knocks, like slow-footed. I, I, I think he's fast. He's built like an ox for a wing. And people get nervous about that. And also the, the truth is when you can't really compare the guy to anybody, like you haven't seen that type of player before, perhaps you tend to, um, over, you know, tend to let the guy slip. Like, I don't know. He's a thick wing. It's kind of unique. It's a little different. And then he's just going to drop because people are like, don't know what to make of it. Right. Is he playing small ball four? can he really play the wing, etc. So my feeling on this is like, look, the guy is Jay Crowder with a much better jump shot and a better offensive game. Uh, that, to me, is, you know, all-star potential right there. Um, and you got to look at the teams now in the 5, 6, 7, you know, to keep going down range. And, you know, what are they going to want and, and how do you move up, right? So, you know, Sacramento right now sitting in the 5 area. First of all, if they get in the top three, obviously they're going to keep that pick. I would think. I think there's too much, obviously, upside with Chet. You can play Chet with Sabonis. Ivy's going to have a lot of a lot of love. You can always move Darren Fox if you need to. So I could totally, um, I could see a couple different scenarios here, right? I can actually see it. I'm just playing this out loud, right? Sacramento is the team to look at if you're in New York or any team looking to move up. Now, the Knicks, if they sit like at 10 to 12 range, if they get 12, um, it's not great. They have Randall and 12. So they have they have a couple of big contracts they can move with 12 that are, you know, a, a team that's looking to make a playoff push is interested in. If you're Sacramento and, and you miss the playoffs next year, I think you're firing your GM. Like, I, I, I do. I don't think he gets another shot. And I think they're going to look at Minnesota. Minnesota's got seven, right? I don't know if they're going to get a new coach. I think they will. You know, Gentry's like the most... I think Alvin Gentry has to have been one of the most fired coaches in recent memory. Like, he, And he's a solid coach. I, I use the Mendoza line for me of coaches. Like, if you can't get a coach, there's not a coach out there that's better than Alvin Gentry. Just get Alvin Gentry. He's like the S&P 500 of coaches. Like, if you can't beat it, just join it. He's fine. Like, you're going to be fine. He's going to do a good enough job with your talent that it's on the GM. If the GM wants to take a risk and be like, look, I didn't do a good job. I need to get a win now coach. Great. I can actually see this is going to sound crazy. I could see a world where Tom Thibodeau is Sacramento's next coach. Look, they went after George Carl in the past, Paul Westfall, the late Paul Westfall. They, 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 they want to win now. They saw that, you know, what he flipped New York with and, and they're going to have a veteran team. So actually, I, I actually think the Knicks 
best option is basically training their head coach. Um, you don't have to train him, but like if you do the Randall and 12 for Holmes and five swap, which I, I don't think Sacramento should do, but you tell Sacramento, hey, look, we're going to give you tips. Okay. That's a home run move. Home run move. Um, I, I doubt they do it, but, uh, you know, I think t- yeah, it's a home run move for New York. Uh, in, in lieu of that, here's where, you know, I see Sacramento going. Again, I, I, I pick it. Now, New York's in the Sacramento bucket. These are the two teams that I think are just, you know, we call them Nebuch in Yiddish, right? It's just, you feel bad for them. There's a lot of sympathy. Like, Nebuch, it's terrible. What's going on with these franchises and the fan bases, right? They don't commit to a rebuild. They're stuck in the middle. Um, Sacramento, if Sacramento really wanted to win now, okay, they, um, you know, Brogdon's the guy I probably look at, right? So they could, in theory, let's say, move homes, do that deal, get Randall, okay, and then move the Nick pick and get Brogdon. So basically they moved five in homes, for uh, for Brogdon and Randall, which you know it's pretty good. You keep Fox, you keep Mitchell, and, and you, you could build yourself quite quite the starting unit um, with that. And then there's some chemistry there with Sabonis and uh, and Brogdon. Um, but yeah, I, I really think they. Um, I, I think both teams are disasters, uh, quite frankly. If, I, if I'm the Knicks at this stage and I'm keeping 12, um, I, I, my other route is probably I probably want to take a stab at a young point guard um, and give a team another pick, right? So, like, the, I kept saying this. I think 12 for Jalen Suggs uh, isn't a bad option. Orlando fans are going to be like, we just drafted him five. What the hell? I think he's underperformed his rookie year, let's just be honest. And I think if you're smart, if you're Orlando – you take two stabs in the draft. You got Wagner. You need more wings, right? RJ Hampton's not going to get it done. So, I think they just need. I don't think Suggs makes sense for them. But I think for New York, you, you know, he's interesting as a future little point guard. Reminds you when the Celtics went after Sebastian Telfair, which obviously didn't work out. But I just don't think there's anybody there at twelve. Now, the other thing I do is I keep Cam Reddish. He's young enough. He plays a lot of positions, and it works. But bottom line, at the end of the day, the, look, in the NBA, it's like no pain, no gain. There's no shortcuts, right? you got to commit to the rebuild. And people look at shortcuts, they go, like, what about the 08 Celtics? The the Celtics sucked for a while, okay? Like, people, do people forget this? Like, um, first of all, the Celtics did two things. Ainge, uh, they, they got Big Al in a fantastic draft, but... You know, nailed on the pick. So you got to, like, really hit your picks. And I'm not talking about, like, rotational time. I'm talking about, like, pseudo all-stars. Like, Al Jefferson in the right environment, you know, makes an all-star team. He might have in Charlotte one year. But, you know, he could, right? So they, they get that. So it's basically you're getting, like, top five pick talent. Come on. Out of... Um, out of the 13th pick. And then they, you know, the Pierce goes down one year. And they get another lotto pick, right? So they're able to basically 
And then, you know, veterans ask out and all that. So they're able to swap both and get KG and Ray Allen. But in order to do that, you need really good assets. That doesn't happen overnight. And you got to develop those assets. So in the current situation, if you just removed Randall, right? And I'm a big, like, at this stage for the Knicks trajectory, Randall is an addition via subtraction. He really is. If you simply remove him from the roster, it is better for the long-term outlook of the franchise. Okay? Because now you're going to give better usage to Cam. Obi Toppin now is finally paying. That's the big key here. Okay? Barrett gets big usage. So those are three guys that have, uh, I'm not going to say it's going to happen with them, but they have potential to kind of become something. Right? And then your future pick, this pick that's coming in this year. Right? So you have four assets. Your hope is one of those assets turns into an all-star. The other two can be swapped for another two all-stars, you know, down the line. And now you have a big three. Okay? That doesn't happen overnight. Right? Like, nobody wants Toppin now because his best game of the season, when he showed promise, he did 15-8. and eight, Okay? Let's see that for a more consistent run. What is likely going to happen to both these franchises, the Kings and the Knicks, is they're, they're the same. They're the same, guys. I'm sorry. They're the same. Okay? They're both going to go win now. Right? The Knicks are probably going to trade their pick and get Malcolm Brogdon. And they're going to convince their franchise and their fans, look, look at this lineup. And they might, you know, maybe get Brogdon and Turner. Who knows? But at the very least, let's say it's Robinson, Randall, you know, Barrett, Fournier, and, and, uh, and Brogdon. And you're like, ooh. That looks, you know, the lineup looks good. You got Rose, Grimes, uh, Burks. I, I don't know. Insert insert big. They'll probably sign a big right off the bench. Maybe they they do a small trade. Get a guy like Kelly Olynyk, which I think is a fit. Great. But be honest. Like, where does that team fall? You know, even if Tibbs does a coach of the year job, that team that team, if they if they make a top four, they're a first round exit. That's a first round exit team. Okay, and that's your peak. Right, like. I, you know, people forget, like, the, the 52-30 and 30 Knicks with Mello was not the good old days. That team lost in the second round. And that was the peak of that team. They lost to Indiana. Right? And that was that team's peak. Okay? So, if that's the glory days, that's really sad. And that's probably the best framework you're going to get. Um, and, and a, by the way, Fortnite probably leaves in that deal. So, you're not even having it. But regardless, you know, Grimes is fine. But if that's your peak, you got to opt the other way. Like, if you're going all in, you're getting Malcolm Brogdon with your all in move. You're going all in with like a 6 7 suited, right? You got pocket kings against, you know, you got all these. You're, it's very rare. I mean, you're not going to win that. Okay. So, just not, not a great route. And fine, unless you got Turner in there. It's still not enough. I don't care. You've Turner, Randall, Barrett. You keep it 48. Fine. And Brogdon, you got Derrick Rose as sixth man. Grimes, Burks, again, whatever. The team is not beating Boston. They're not beating Miami. They're not beating Milwaukee. They're not beating Philly. They're not touching Brooklyn in a seven-game series. I don't care where they finish in the regular season. They're not beating those teams in the playoffs. You're not going to beat five Toronto. You're not going to beat five to six Cleveland, seven. There's clear seven teams better than you. Clear. Chicago, maybe eight. Charlotte, probably nine. So you're in the 6-10 to 10 range. You're going to lose in the first round, and that's your peak. And you don't have, like, contract stuff to, 
get a free agent or what have you. No one's, you know, that's it. So, like, you know, we, we all deserve higher potential than that as a fan base. Even if we don't hit, you know. No one's playing the lottery to win $4, okay. You know, you, you aspire for, for greater things, even if you, it requires risks along the way. And Sacramento's the same way. Same way, right? You know, they could, look, they could move their pick. Um, and let's say they even get, like, uh, I'm not saying this happens. Let's say they hit in the draft and they go for, you know, I don't know, Donovan Mitchell, right? They trade Barnes in the pick for Mitchell, okay? That team is not getting out of the first round. Yeah, they'll probably make the playoffs, but that's it. So, like, look, these win-now shticks don't work. I'm not saying tanking is the answer, but at a certain point, like, if you – first of all, it's not even tanking. It's just it's just committing to a rebuild. And committing to a rebuild to me means you play your youth. Let's see what it is. That's it. You know, Frank Nilkina, Kevin Knox, all these guys, you know, I'm a big believer of, like, these guys played in the beginning. They got minutes. It was consistently be better. But the Knicks and the Kings are in the same spot. And they're going to suck for the next five years, and their fan bases are going to suffer unless they commit to a rebuild. I'm Ethan for Rosen Balls. You guys have a great weekend.